Hi, everyone, and welcome to the HR Works Podcast, brought to you by HR Daily Advisor. I'm your guest host, Josh Zygmunt, Content Director for Simplify Media. The HR Works Podcast provides clear, relevant, and actionable information on topics that matter to you, the HR professional. When you're armed with the best practices and strategies to attract, retain, and engage top talent and deliver exceptional service to your organization, HR just works. In today's episode, we're joined by Sarah Fern, Chief People Officer at Velocity Global, a leading provider of global talent solutions specializing in talent onboarding, global payroll, and employment legal services. A veteran of the human resources community for over 20 years, Sarah Fern is an innovative business leader who is willing to push the boundaries of thinking the way we work. She currently leads the people strategy for Velocity Global's growing Work Anywhere remote team of 900 employees spanning across 52 countries and six continents. Sarah joined Velocity Global as their chief people officer in 2021, following an extensive experience in leading people operations teams throughout the talent management technology space, and brings extensive experience in leading global remote teams for international brands and high-growth companies such as Honeywell and Mattel. She's also a certified executive coach with Henley Business School and offers her time to a number of global organizations through coaching, mentorship, and allyship. Sarah, welcome to the HR Works Podcast. Wow, what an intro. Thank you so much for having me today, Josh. You are very welcome. Thank you for coming on. It's great to have you here. So look, Sarah, before we jump in, and again, I gave just a quick synopsis of Sarah's background, but Sarah, I'd love to share more of your background with our audience, who this may be the first time meeting you, and really learn what got you started in your career in human resources. What a question. It was quite some time ago, Josh, and I left university and started in revenue. So I was part of the the sales team of an organization. I was an account executive, and I spent my days talking to HR directors about their challenges, about their problems. And I found it fascinating and just so intriguing. And this dream was building up inside of me. You know, one day I want to be one of those, you know, I want to do that type of work. It was just so interesting. And so after a year in the, the sales team, I jumped ship and I joined a people team. That's great. It's all been an upward trend since there. It absolutely has been. I do see that as a, a, a really, you know, competitive edge now because I always look at it from a business lens because that's where I came from. And it's been a lot of fun challenging the, you know, the traditional HR views and the traditional ways of working because I've come from that client side. And so I always have a, you know, a client focused lens and I try to keep that sharp, you know, until this day because you've got to look outside the box. That's so, so important in our profession. Absolutely. And you're right. You bring a unique perspective coming from that client side to then entering into the people space to really understand a wider array of what you're looking to serve. So that's really interesting. And I love hearing the start for so many of our guests because they're also unique, right? Everybody comes at it from a different understanding, ultimately learning that the passion is working with people and helping people be better at their jobs and create their careers. That seems to be the underlying theme with so many of our guests who are in people operations. Yes, yeah. That's great. So Sarah, as mentioned in the introduction, you got started at Velocity Global in 2021 as the chief people officer and quickly started to engage and enact change within the group as you were integral in adding over 400 people to the organization and specifically expanding your team, which started as I believe it was 11 HR employees to now a team of over 50 within your group. That is as speedy of scaling as I've ever heard and really was hoping that you could share some tips with us because, again, many teams are seeing those opportunities as you look to grow and scale quickly, how to do it the right way. So I'd love to hear more about your experience and maybe get us started by saying, what did you learn? How did you at Velocity Global approach such a quick scale? 
So thank you so much for the question, Josh. And this was quite an interesting you know, moment for me. I, I was actually a client of Velocity Global, and I'm happy to, to talk about that as well. You know, I came from the client side. I joined, and within a couple of weeks of me arriving at Velocity Global, it became quite clear that we needed to grow really, really rapidly. And in fact, I didn't just grow my own people team, but we added about 600 employees to the company as a whole just in the last year. And that doesn't sound like a lot necessarily, but we had three recruiters on the team. So I remember sitting here you know, a year ago and my CEO called me and he said, are you sitting down? You know, are you able to hire around a thousand people? Wow. And I had a team of recruiters, you know, three of them very small team. And in fact, two of the three had just onboarded recently. So, you know, it was a very new team, very new to the company. And so I had to build that team really, really rapidly. And, you know, what I will say a year into that journey, it's been fast and furious, tons of learning, which I'm very, very happy to share, good and bad and ugly, because that is part of the journey. I want to be very clear. I'm not here to say it's all perfect. I'm not here to say you know, this is the book, read it, and you can do it perfectly. You will make mistakes, you will learn. And, you know, that applies to us here as well. And, you know, you, you ask the question, you know, kind of what stands out here and, you know, some of the challenges and, you know, some of the observations here. I would say that it's easy to grow and scale, but you have to do it right, exactly as you say, we have to be really clear what we're looking for because you can hire a bunch of people really quickly. So in my people team, you know, there was 11 people and now we are 52. I want to give the, the listeners a bit of a, a background here because that's quite a large people team. You know, people would go, wow, how big is your company? We have grown from 17 to 52 countries just in the last 18 months. Wow. And so the people team, the HR professionals on my team, Josh, they need to be truly global experts. They have their regions, their countries. But if you look at Europe, for example, you know, I'm based in London in the United Kingdom. And, you know, it is different to the USA where you have a lot of states and everyone speaks the same language and the laws are a little bit, you know, similar um, or the same. You know, here, if someone looks after APAC or EMEA, you know, that could be 20, 30, 40 countries just there on your doorstep. And so, you know, it's really about identifying, you know, where are we going? Where is this scaling up journey taking us? What, what are we going to need on that journey? What are, what are the skills, the equipment, the tools, the resources we need? And I will say this up front in case my own team is listening. You don't have all the answers necessarily, right? You, you go into that somehow blind. You've got a good idea where you want to go, but there's also elements where you don't know. So you have to make an assessment. You have to make an educated guess and decision. And you have to be really clear, you know, what is it you need? What will you need in 12 months time? And so, yes, of course, I had to draw in my own networks that I was bringing from, you know, from the companies that you've mentioned and, you know, the, the networks I'd, I'd been building for many years. And, you know, the nice thing here is that, you know, I was able to recruit anywhere in the world because, you know, you, you talk about, you know, Velocity Global. Velocity Global enables companies to hire talent, to employ talent anywhere in the world, Josh. So what that means is 
I can go everywhere and anywhere. I don't need to look in one location. And so that has made it a ton easier in terms of you know having access to the best people around the globe. I'm sure but you're putting your expertise into practice um, and expanding that that wide reach. And again, one of the many advantages that we've seen with technology, just making that connection so much easier. Again, we're having our conversations here, me from just outside of Hartford, Connecticut in the United States with you over in the UK. I mean, it can be done seamlessly. It, it's We're seeing it in our day-to-day jobs that technology is enabling that expansion where you can truly have global teams. But as you mentioned, there are opportunities, there are needs that are recognized and addressing those and having expertise in many of the regions that you're now in. And having committed staffing to that is so much of the driver that we're seeing as teams are building. And so sure, yeah, a team of 50 HR professionals within your group may seem like a lot, but it's necessary. So as you're scaling these teams, how do you really keep your eye on the objective and really stay committed to that objective of the ideal employee? I think it's so easy to fall into the trap of quickly hiring to get someone in the door. But we've all seen it. There are dangers in making the wrong hire. As important as it is to make the right hire and find that great talent, it can really set you back and be costly to make that wrong hire. So what were some of the tips and maybe some advice that you picked up in going through that speedy hire and expanding so quickly to get those right hires? I love this question and it really resonates with me because, you know, there's so much learning on the way. You know, we found it quite easy, I would say, to attract tons of candidates. I think last year we had over 100,000 hits on our careers website and, you know, we've done a ton of recruiting, but we don't have that many roles. And so it's been incredible, the, the flow of people from all across the world that want to come and work with us. Now, we are very open and very clear about the fact that we work anywhere. I'm happy to talk about that in a little bit more detail. That really, you know, that that gives a lot of people the wants, you know, wow, you know, I don't have to come to an office. I don't have to come to the same office three times a week. Oh, I'm interested. So, you know, in summary, it's been it's been quite straightforward to attract people. But then, as you say, you know, how do you sift through those? How do you ensure that you hire the right people? And one thing I have learned over the last 12 months, for sure, you know, Work from anywhere is not for anyone, not for everyone. So you have really excited people who you interview and they go, oh, this is my dream. I've always wanted to have this flexibility. I've wanted that, you know, that freedom to travel, to be a digital nomad, you know, all those wonderful examples and, you know, desires. Um, And, you know, we've had to build in some questions as part of the interview, you know, kind of process because, you know, how do you put those boundaries in place? How do you motivate yourself at home? Because it's not all that straightforward. You know, you may have a different, you know, you may have a situation where you're on your own at home and maybe you come out of bed and you go on the laptop and you stay there for 14 hours. That is not healthy and sustainable for a period, you know, for a long period of time. How do you manage that? Because I will tell you, you know, I am a firm believer that you are, responsible for your well-being you are responsible for your you know your boundaries at home the company can have policies practices lead by example give you the freedom but only you can put it into practice you know there's no one who knocks on your door to say hey Josh it's time for lunch break so unless you build that into your day unless you prepare food unless you you know go out you may not, right? You get stuck at home. And so, you know, we've had to build in some interview questions around, you know, what what does that actually look like, that discipline at home, you know, or working from anywhere? Because 
we have to trust you. We're not the TikTok of this world that has a monitoring device on the computer. So, you know, how do we know that the work gets done? And, you know, if you're traveling and if you're here and there and everywhere, you know, how do you, you know, how do you ensure that you get the work done? And so what you can hear from this is that we firmly have a focus on output. You know, we care about the the goals. You know, are you doing what you need to do in these roles? And that whole thing about are you in your seat for eight hours a day or 10 hours a day, we cannot monitor that for obvious reasons because you work anywhere. So that whole dynamic, that whole relationship becomes quite a different one. And, you know, you can hear that this, you know, that that can be a can of worms. So, you know, how do you, in the interview process, when you start to talk to people, how do you determine who are the right candidates, who are the right personality types, who has worked from home before, who can actually demonstrate that they can be successful? And it's not just working from home, right? It could be working from a train. It could be working from a VW camper van. Sure. You know, how do you ensure that you smash that and you can be successful? So interesting learning and you know you cannot assume just because someone wants to work for your company and they like the sound of work anywhere that that is going to be successful that that's just one area where we have tons of learning just from the last 18 months or so because you know you see the company triple and you hear all the stories and you go okay this one not sure this one wow you know really making it work and so Yeah, you can write a book at the end of it because work from anywhere is a big responsibility and not everyone has the skills yet to do that successfully. Right, work from anywhere isn't for everyone. I think there's unique people that it does work for and there are others who just clearly need to be in an office environment and need to be with coworkers. And I think asking those right questions to your point, that's certainly your best way to stay on task, stay on target to who you need and who really adds to your culture and fits in the right way. The beauty of what we're seeing with the great resignation and certainly the shift now with the move from the remote era to teams looking at hybrid work, at fully remote work, is there is a right fit for almost anyone and what works best, but identifying your team's culture, what your strengths are, and putting those into practice and putting those into your questioning, I think that is so smart in finding that right employee. And I will add, Josh, that, you know, we also understand that, you know, people need offices, people need, you know, different environments at different times. So we've added a number of partnerships. One of them is Upflex, which is a a global provider of offices. So, you know, you can book in advance a couple of hours before, the day before. If, If I sit here and go tomorrow, I need to be in a different space. I need to be creative or I need to see someone. I can book that because... You know, we want you to be able to focus. We want you to be able to do the best work of your life. And that takes different, you know, ways and shapes every single day, right? One setup doesn't work every single day. And so we have also learned that, you know, there isn't such thing as, you know, everyone works from home or everyone comes to an office, you know, so many days a week. It's up to you. Only you know what the best environment is. 
And, you know, we, we've, we've acted on that. We've responded to people. And ATI was just looking at the report a couple of days ago. And we have a steady, you know, kind of booking, you know, um, statistic where we see people book into offices, into flexible offices, and it breaks up their days. They can travel to a different location if they want to. So I also want to make clear that, you know, work anywhere is great, but it looks very different every single day for you know, for all the different people who work for us. True. It, it's not just work from home. It's work anywhere. There's flexibility to that. If there is an opportunity, if there's a need to bring a team together, that flexibility allows it to happen, allows teams to get together, but then also have, again, that work-life balance that so many of us are working toward or discovering and, and understanding what works best for them. Yeah. That's truly interesting. So for teams that are looking to expand, and again, you went through it firsthand, for our listeners, many of whom are HR leaders, where do you start? Where can you start with expanding? You recognize the need to expand your workforce. Is it a set goal? You say, we'd love to have 500 employees by next year, or do you gradually build over time and evolve? It's a really good question. And again, you know, I look back and there's, there's certainly learnings. You know, your growth needs to be hand in hand with the growth of your business. That's one thing. So you may have a really good, well thought out plan. And then six months later, you know, the world goes into recession. There's a war in Ukraine. You know, lots of things are happening. You have to be prepared to pivot. And you've got to really keep an eye on, you know, how fast are we growing versus how fast are we growing as a business? So the headcount versus right. the revenue, because you've got to stop and you've got to pivot and you've got to go, are we still doing the right thing? Should we be slowing down? You know, what are we doing? And so like you probably, you know, I, I'm i on LinkedIn, I'm active on LinkedIn, and there's not a day that goes past where I don't see some tech layoff announcement. And it's heartbreaking. And they are companies that grow so crazy and so, you know, just so quickly. And then they lay off a bunch of people. Sure. So I think this needs to be a warning call for all of us listening to say, you know, do it with intent, do it with integrity and try and look into the future. Now, I know that isn't always possible, but really think about, you know, where's this business going? What are we going to be needing? Because as we said earlier, Josh, growing is easy. You know, hiring people is easy. And I, I'm happy to tell you why, because when you work anywhere and you can hire in any entity around the world, you've got a lot of advantages that a lot of companies don't have. But you can still get it wrong. You can still make mistakes. You can grow too quickly. There's countless articles out there in the world that, you know, warn us, you know, don't don't grow too quickly. Don't don't scale up too fast because you've got to allow people to settle as well. You've got to allow people to onboard. So I went through this with my own team where we went through a period of time where we were literally just hiring people, making offers and onboarding for months and months and months. And you don't feel the true impact of that team until much later. Right. Because people don't come in and are effective, right? They they need to onboard, you know, remotely, virtually. They need to figure out, you know, what is my role exactly? How am I going to fit in? How am I part of the bigger picture? So you know, you can find yourself in a situation where you've been really busy kind of carrying out all the recruitment and, and scaling up goals. But, you know, it takes a while to figure out actually how that all gels together. And, you know, I would say, you know, 
it's good to take a breath. It's good to take your time because you can always add people. And, you know, there is something, there is this concept of growing too quickly. And so, you know, we are also in that boat where we've grown really, really quickly. And now we are settling, you know, we're kind of taking a breath. We're still hiring. We have tons of roles if you want to check it out on our website. But, you know, we are also taking a breath at the same time. We're going, okay, we've added all these people. We've tripled in size. How is this all gelling together? How is it coming together? Is this now taking the shape that we intended it to take 12 months ago when we put these plans into place? So be prepared to pause, be prepared to review and partner with your leaders, partner with your managers, partner with the, the businesses across the, you know, the company and go, are we on the right track? Are we getting the right people through the door? Is this the right caliber? Look at the attrition data as well. How many of those that have come through the door in the last 12 months or six months, how many are still here? Why are they leaving? The ones that are leaving, are we pushing them out through the door? Are they deciding to go? What are those reasons? So really stop and look, look around and go, okay, how is this all coming together? Is this as we intended it to be? And be prepared to pivot at any time. This is not a, this is what we're going to do, let's do it. You've got to constantly revisit that and, and pivot if you need to. Yeah, there's so much that can be learned by taking those breaks, letting the dust settle, if you will, from time to time and see how that, okay, this next wave of hiring, how is this working out? How is this impacting the business? As you mentioned, take some stock too of are people leaving? Are people happy? Is the onboarding process working? this latest group of hires, have they been the right candidates? Because that gives you your opportunity to pivot, to be fluid and not go too quickly to your point and over expand to where then you're trying to make everything fit and work. Taking some time in there can actually give you a more solid base, a more solid ground to keep developing and growing the team. Exactly. So well said. And it's interesting too. I mean, we've learned so much in the last two years about fluidity and we've all learned what you expect at the start. Be open to that change and, and things aren't always going to be exactly as you promised. And I think building that into your hiring process too is only smart to say like, yeah, take some assessments along the way and be open to changing course if need be. If you had told me what my plans were in 2019 to where they are now, vastly different. I think we've all been through that, that you couldn't predict where things would go. And it's the same process with building and scaling to maybe say 500 out of the gate is what you're going for. Be intentional along the way and really assess how that's going and be open to hitting pause for a moment if need be. I think it's a great opportunity for us human beings, for us professionals, you know, for, you know, for, for everyone, you know, who is in this type of job in the HR community, you know, business owners, CEOs, where, you know, we don't know everything. We cannot look into the future. Let's be really intentional about how we are going to structure these things because, you know, it's easy to make mistakes. How do we avoid making those big mistakes? And, you know, I think if anything, you know, it's been a big cold shower. It's been a big wake-up call for most of us to have gone through the last few years because we actually know very little, yeah. you know, and I think we've become, I hope we've become less arrogant because I think in the, the world before, I think there were a lot of people who knew it all and I think, you know, a lot of people have understood now that actually this is an, a new journey for most of us. And it's not about perfect. It's about doing something about it. It's taking that journey. It's going on that journey. And one of the things in, in my shoes, you know, that I will never, ever, you know, forget and, and not do is, you know, you need to listen. 
you need to listen. You know, you you really need to take yourself out of the equation and go, what is happening around me? You know, you, you can make assumptions, right? Or oh, everyone is so happy working from home. Everyone is happy during this. Everyone, you know, we're all in the same boat. We're all, we've all gone through COVID. Actually, wake up. No, we're not all in the same boat. Everyone has had a really different experience. I remember, and I was with a different company at the time, at the start of the pandemic, you know, it was in the UK. It was April two years ago. And my company at the time, I'd been with them for over eight years, we got taken over by our main competitor, number number one competitor. And so in that first pandemic, we had tons of redundancies. And whilst my neighbours and everyone outside seemed to be jogging and cycling all day long, enjoying the lovely sunshine, being on furlough, you know, I was sitting in my spare room upstairs making hundreds of people redundant with my team all over the world. And it was really hard. And we were working all the hours given. Yeah. And, you know, then people go, oh, you know, life is like this. Oh, we're watching Netflix. Oh, are you tired of watching Netflix? And I, you know, I said, I haven't even touched Netflix. Right. That wasn't your experience. I guess it's an example where, you know, if anything, don't make assumptions because everyone has been in a very, very different you know, situation over the, these past years. And, you know, I hope I hope we've learned a bit more empathy and you know, bringing that back to my role as chief people officer at Velocity Global, you know, listen to what the people need because you don't need to know it all. You don't need to make assumptions. They're quite happy to tell you, but you've got to ask the questions. You've got to give them the space to talk and then you can respond to it and you can say, okay, I understand what you need. We can provide that. We can enable you to have that space because what do we care about, Josh? We care, you know, we want people to do the best work of their life. How that gets done, where that gets done, it's by the side. So, you know, how do we enable people to to do good work, to learn from each other in a virtual and remote setup? And so tons of learning. It's an adventure. We don't know it all, but let's go on this journey together and let's, you know, let's talk about what went wrong as well, because those are very often the, the biggest lessons for us as we move forward. Yeah, being honest with yourselves, but then also I think that empathy piece is so crucial. We hear that from so many HR leaders that have really learned the value of empathy over the last few years is really driving teams, really keeping their company culture intact and really strong. So Sarah, I am curious with scaling teams, do you have maybe one best thing that HR leaders can implement in their scaling or hiring process? And then maybe on the other side of that, what's one thing that they should avoid at all costs? So I would start with the avoiding. Don't hire too fast. And, you know, before you go and hire, make a plan. And this kind of goes back to what we were talking about earlier, Josh. You know, don't go into it blind. Who are we looking to hire? Where are we looking to hire? And what are we hoping to get? You know, in a year's time, if we hire, you know, X number of people in these professions, what does that mean for our organization? What is the impact we want to see? So plan ahead. And as I said earlier, you may not have all that information, right? It may just be your CEO saying, we've got to grow. We've got to triple in size. Go and make it happen. Take stock at that moment. Surround yourself with people you trust, you know, people maybe in your HR or business networks and ask the questions, you know, get some information, go, has anyone else been on this journey? What worked for you? What didn't? And so I love these communities and, and HR forums where we can really share that information. 
And still, you won't have all the answers, right? You still have to sit there and go, okay, how am I going to orchestrate this? Be really intentional. You know, we've talked a little bit about, you know, virtual recruitment processes and, and techniques, you know, go and learn a few things because a lot of the people who, who are listening, you know, maybe like me, you know, they entered the profession a decade or two ago. And that was probably in an office world. And that was probably just very different to what works today. So be open-minded, try and plan ahead as much as you can. And don't grow too fast because you can always grow. But if you grow too fast and you need to reduce your employee size, that's really painful and that will hurt you. And there will be a lot of gossip. There will be feedback on Glassdoor. There will be people who may not want to join you in the future because they've heard that you've grown too fast and that you've subsequently had to lay people off. That hurts the business reputation. So that would probably be my my two call-outs today. Those are great. Thank you for that, Sarah. So looking at the hiring piece, we've seen so many challenges for organizations as they do hire to stand out, especially going through the great resignation and now the great reshuffle, where the Canada market is very competitive at this moment. What can a company and an organization do to really stand out from their competition? Listen to what the people want. And I feel that we've done that quite well at Velocity Global. And, you know, what what, what do we offer? What do we do that might be quite revolutionary, that might be quite different? Work from anywhere. We've spoken a little bit about that. That's number one. That's a big selling point, right? Wow, you don't expect me to go to a certain place every day, every week? I'm interested. Okay, so that's the foot through the door. And then what else? So we have some benefits that I've never seen anywhere else. We, for example, have a travel allowance because we work from anywhere. So our employees have a yearly amount that we pay them so they can go and work anywhere else because maybe you would like to work from anywhere, but you can't. Maybe you don't have the financial means. You know, we give you an incentive. We want to be our best client internally. You know, we want to say to our clients, look, this is how we work at Velocity Global. This is how your people could work. And, you know, the travel allowance is one. We also have unlimited leave. Now, I want to talk a little bit about that because a lot of companies have introduced it. Some companies have taken it away again. And there's a lot of bad press about unlimited time off because people say hmm, it's a you know it's a finance thing where you know people don't take any holidays and finance doesn't have to accrue the the time, and we really try and live and breathe that because again it goes with the you know the the work anywhere proposition, and you know we've really recognised that. This isn't just for the digital nomads. This isn't just for the people who want to travel. This may be for the person who has elderly parents in there, maybe in a different country. This may be for the person who has, you know, commitments and they need to just sit in a different living room sometimes. It may not be an exotic island, you know, it may be somewhere completely different. It may be a care home, maybe a hospital. There are so many situations that we may not see, but, you know, giving that flexibility, giving the ability to take time off when it's needed is really, really important as well. And, you know, you can, I mean, anyone who's interested, please go and check our website. We've got a really nice career section. We've got all of our benefits listed there. We try and be quite innovative. And another one I want to call out is the sabbatical program. And actually, you know, this is all credits to one of our employees who called me at some point last year. And she said, 
isn't it time we have a sabbatical program? And so she was instrumental in, in giving that legs and feed. And earlier this year, we launched a sabbatical program. If you've been with the company for four years, you get a month off and you can add a second month unpaid. So you could literally disappear for two months. Wow. And guess what, Josh? This year, we have 100 people eligible for that benefit. And people are taking it. Our CEO has literally just returned a few days ago from his sabbatical. He took six weeks. We didn't hear from him. No text messages, no emails. We have other members of the EIT who have been or are going on sabbatical. And we have a ton of employees. Now, you need to, again, you need to carefully plan this. You cannot have 100 people off at the same time. That would be quite bad. Um, But, you know, the message here is that we want to live our benefits. We want to, what we offer needs to be really meaningful. You know, we've all been in companies where you get benefits and the employer says, oh, look at us, you know, this great medical cover or this great dental benefit. Well, there's a lot of people who say to us, actually, I don't care about the pension plan. I don't care about this. I don't care about that. I never use it. Could I have something else instead? And, you know, that's somewhere where we're really pushing the boundaries right now where we really want to get to a a model where, you know, you own your benefits and you choose what those benefits are. We're not quite there yet, but it is a journey we are on because, again, you're making assumptions, right? You're going, oh, he needs this, she needs this. Well, we don't actually know. And some people have told us, you know, if you pay for our our ironing or our cleaning services, our shopping once a week, we would prefer that to maybe another benefit that you provide. Some people want dog insurance. Other people want childcare, you know, help with childcare. It's so different. We cannot make an assumption. So again, you know, I think what what makes you stand out, respond to what the people need. And you mentioned the great resignation. I have not seen it here at Velocity Global. And I believe the reason for that is because we listen, because we provide the people with an environment that is probably one of the most flexible environments on the planet. We trust and, you know, we do talk about this concept of you are the CEO of your own career. What that means is that you really own your stuff, you own your schedule, you own your life, you own your work, you own your responsibilities, you you make sure it's successful, you tell us what it is you need on the way to support you. And that really drives accountability. So it's listening, it's trusting, and it's responding to what it is that your people need. And on the opposite scale of that is if you try and put people into a box, if you try and, you know, force people to do things, that is when you see the great resignation because people are now, after the pandemic, they're kicking with their feet and they're saying, actually, you have trusted me for two years. I've done it well. I've helped you, you know, increase revenue why are you now not trusting me? Why are you now dictating I need to do it this way and that way? I believe that is the root cause for the great resignation. I will tell you that any company who can be open-minded, who can listen, and who understands that their people are their greatest assets, and if you don't, if you don't listen to them, they will walk out, that is what we are seeing. That, but it, right. I don't think it's all that difficult to solve. Yeah, you create an environment that your employees don't want to leave. They most likely won't. 
Yes. And that goes back to listening, which is really a, a great central theme throughout all of this is just listen to your employees, listen to your people, listen to your candidates, and really be open and honest and fluid as well. Not try to put everything into one well-defined box. Sometimes there is a little bit of adaptability and fluidity with that. All very interesting. I really found that sabbatical, to speak back to listening, the fact that Again, that came from one of your employees who reached out and said, we should consider introducing this as a benefit, but then practicing what you preach and thereof, put it into action. Having your CEO take a long extended sabbatical and not be checking emails and really disconnecting sets the tone internally. And then I also liked that you mentioned you, you do that for your clients too, to really show like we're living what we speak about, what we put into practice, what we actually provide uh, is really interesting. But again, it goes back to that listening piece and really being a model when you're in a leadership position, be a model for your team as well. And you're so right, Judge, because the clients, you know, the clients are my network, right? The clients are probably the listeners on this podcast. The clients are the CPOs, the CHIs, the, the people leaders of this world. And, you know, when you work with a company like Velocity Global, you have the ability to hire anywhere on the planet, literally. And so people come to us, the clients come to us and say, how do you do that? You know, do you have ideas or recommendations on DEI and B training? How do you do that? How do you motivate remotely? How do you, you know, any question you can imagine about remote work, about virtual work, hybrid work, you know, international, going global, you know, not many companies, even the big ones I've come from, not many companies have that, that many countries. You know, we are, you know, we have 52 countries it means, you know, you can tell stories. It means you have examples in-house where you go to the client. This is what we, you know, what the journey we've been on. This is what we experienced. May this be helpful for you. And, you know, I was the client I mentioned of Velocity Globals. And, you know, I was, I needed to hire in Brazil and Mexico some eight years ago. One of the vice presidents called me and said, I've got a bunch of people in Brazil and Mexico. Can you hire them? And, I didn't know how, Josh. I didn't have a HR team in those countries. I had never visited those countries. I, I didn't know where to start. Right, it's a big challenge. Yeah. And the reason why I say this now on this podcast is because Velocity Global, I found this company. It's very small at the time. You know, they had all the expertise I needed to, you know, to take this off my plate and go, yep, we know how to do that compliantly. We can do the benefits, payroll, immigration if required, you know, all of it, right? The whole employment, you know, um, your kind of responsibility activities, they took it off my plate and it enabled me to focus on other things. But, you know, you have questions. You go, okay, what if someone is pregnant in Brazil? What if people want to ask for this? What if people need, you know, what if the unions are involved? How do I deal with that? So, you know, I'm saying that because you build up the expertise around the world. So I work with 900, almost 900 experts in global immigration, payroll, benefits, employment matters. And it is so inspiring. And you, you can tell the clients so many stories and the clients come to us. And so this is why, you know, it's a small group here. It's only 900 of us, but we have tens of thousands of supported employees and you know and clients who are on our books, and they want to know these stories because they're going through exactly the same challenges. They are trying to scale up, they're trying to go global, they are wanting to hire in locations that are maybe untapped. You know, not every great engineer sits in California, right? There's so many different opportunities and options around the world. 
clients want to know how do I tap into that because maybe they felt and experienced the great resignation they are calling us to say where do I start you know right. where do right. I continue it's a yeah. worldwide talent market at this yeah. point so Sarah I'm interested with all of the new benefits that can be introduced to really help companies stand out and improve their employee value proposition are there any benefits that have become dated over the last two years and really are now irrelevant that maybe once were very prominent for organizations? Now, some of the listeners may disagree with me, but I, you know, I, I would call out the, the healthy snacks in the office. I'd okay. call out the, the, you know, the kind of pool table in the office. And there's been jokes about it, you know, on social media as well. But, you know, what's meaningful? And maybe the fruit is meaningful and maybe you now spend that money and you have a fruit basket delivered to someone's door, you know, at the location where they're working, but make it meaningful. So rather than a kind of a standard answer, I would again go back to listen to what your people need. If you are spending money on benefits, make damn sure that those benefits are appreciated, that they are noticed. Sometimes people, you know, companies provide benefits and no one knows about them. So, you know, market your benefits, you know, shout out, you know, what those are, have a, a place where people can find all that information, make it meaningful. So my answer to you, Josh, is anything that people are not using, anything that people don't even know about, or they tell you right out that they don't like it, stop it, cancel right, it, about it. Sure. you know, put it in the bin. And if you are paying a lot of money on something and you get some data back and it suggests that no one is using it, no one has accessed the EAP, no one has accessed, you know, whatever service, review it. I will give you an example. So we do have an EAP, um, you know, program in place like so many other companies, but we also launched earlier this year, earlier this year a resilience coach service. And this is quite unique. Again, we listen to our people and we were hearing about the the inability to set boundaries. You know, I'm always on, I'm working from anywhere, 24-7 global company, I'm overwhelmed, I'm burnt out, please help me. So how we responded was we, you know, engaged with a resilience coach. She's available to anyone in the company. You don't need to be at a certain level or be in a certain job. And it's one-on-one -on -one coaching. She's a, a trained, you know, resilience coach. And People use it for all different reasons, and it's really impactful. The EAP, you pay money for that, but usually no one uses it. It's kind of, it's almost like a compliance tick in the box. Oh, yeah, we need an EAP program. You know, every company needs it. The resilience coach, I get the, the, the data and the stats back every month. You know, I know how many people use that service. Now, I don't know the details because they're confidential and I don't need to know the details, but I know it's being used. I know how many appointments are being booked. And so that is impactful because people can talk to someone that is not their manager, maybe not their colleague, maybe not the people team in a really safe space. And she gives them tools on their way about time management, about prioritizing about focusing the importance of, you know, going out and getting fresh air, simple stuff. When people are putting it into practice, it makes a huge difference. It's, you know, it, you know, performance skyrocks when you've got healthy people, when you've got people who are focused, they know what they're doing. And so that is another example where, 
you know, it's probably not part of a standard benefit package, but we listen to our employees and those stories about burnout and isolation at home and lack of motivation. I was hearing that a lot. That is how we responded. And, you know, it's looking much better. It's looking much healthier. I would, I would, you know, lie if I said this was perfect. I have, by the way, never come across the company. I've got a big network and I've not come across the company where, you know, you don't hear those stories. This is part of our life and part of our society too today. But what, how can you as a company, as a HR leader, as a people leader, how do you respond to that? Are you going to sit back and just acknowledge it? How do you respond? And this was our way of responding to that feedback. That's great. The resilience coach idea is, is so interesting. Uh, it probably opens up the opportunity for employees who may not feel like they need assistance, but could use that as a tool to even just propel them forward. That uh, yeah. opens up that opportunity to use that benefit. Very smart and, and very innovative and could even be something for our listeners, um, again, many of whom are HR leaders, to consider as maybe introducing into their benefits package, something forward thinking that could again be really useful to help propel your team that's so great sarah thank you for sharing that so again we're here with sarah fern chief people officer at velocity global now sarah do you have anything you're excited about coming up for either the end of 2022 or going into 2023 in the hr and people operation space Josh, I am so excited to be in this space. When I interviewed 18 months ago and, you know, then took the, the role at Velocity Global, I was talking to a bunch of CEOs at the time, tech companies mainly, and the majority of them were talking to me because they'd fired their HR team during the pandemic. And they said, look, you know, you didn't make an impact. You didn't move the needle forward. I truly believe that this pandemic, this shift has given every single HR leader a platform, a voice. You must use it. I would urge all the listeners not to sit back and be comfortable, but go, wow, I've got an opportunity. We can move the needle forward. Go and do a bit of listening. Go and look around. Who are you working with? What are people saying? What do people need? That makes me so excited because we can change anything. Right? I think we were sitting there thinking that Flexible working wasn't possible. Four-day weeks weren't possible. Working from anywhere, oh my God, you're dreaming. That is definitely never going to happen. Well, all of this happened. How are you going to respond to that? How are you going to maximize the opportunity? So I feel that real urge and that excitement where, you know, we can do so much. We've got to be bold. We've got to be confident. And we've got to be innovative. You know, some of the things we've been talking about today, Josh, I didn't read about them. I didn't hear about them. But you listen and you go, okay, what is it that we need? And we've got to inspire each other in this community. So that is why I'm so excited. It's the right time. It's the right place. And we can make a massive difference to the people around the world that we work with. Massive. I love it. I completely agree. I think it's so interesting to see some of these radical and innovative ideas that were talked about in the workplace years ago are actually being put into practice. And now we get to see how they work and if they work and really see how those just work themselves into standard work culture. I think that'll be so exciting and interesting to see play out now over the next year to two years um, as, as so many teams are now taking these risks, taking these chances and saying, you know, we can actually do this and this works for us. Yeah, very cool, Sarah. And thank you for sharing that. So now, Sarah, before we wrap, a couple questions 
for you. So we've talked so much about what we've learned and, and what's changed over the last two years. Is there something specific that you've learned over the last two years that you feel has made you a better leader? I had not worked 100% remote before. I had global teams, but I was also traveling an awful lot and I was in different offices. And, you know, being at home and being in different places, it's given me a bit of space. It's given me space to really think and focus. I I was probably, like so many of the listeners, I'm sure, I was a busybody. You know, you rush around, you've got to be on this train, you've got to be on this airplane, you've got to be here and there. I have learned to value the beauty of reflection. And I have understood that to be a good leader, to be a good HR leader, to be a good business leader, if you don't make time to reflect and to look around and listen, you are not going to get it right. And that is probably, that's probably what's been forced upon me in the last two years. And I will never want to miss that. I, I really, really, truly value the ability to reflect and to be less busy, the kind of busy that's meaningless, you know, the busy where you rush around, you're here, you're there, you're entertaining people. And actually, I think we have come, you know, I have, I think, I think my role and, and my professional purpose has become more meaningful as a result. I truly believe that. That's so great. Now, Sarah, in addition to, to sharing that, do you have any advice that maybe you had leaned on previously or just throughout your career that's really helped propel you forward that you could also share with our audience, something to pay it forward? Yes, be the CEO of your own career. That is so, so important because as a business, as a HR team, you're not going to be able to solve it for everyone. You're not going to be able to give everyone exactly what they need. People already know what they need. So turn the tables, talk to them, listen to them, and coach them if needed, encourage them. You know, people usually already know what they need. How do we trust our employees? So turn those tables and take responsibility. You know, how many companies sit there, how many HR teams sit there and go, oh, I've got to sort career development for all my people. I've got to have a fancy system in place to measure people and to give ratings. Forget about that. The people already know what it is they need, where they have passions, where there's an interest, maybe where they have challenges. You know, what should they focus on? Again, be that partner and turn it around and also that's true for myself don't sit there and wait for someone to give you career development say yes to opportunities even if it's really scary those are the best ones someone gives you something they say would you consider trying this you say yes that's how you learn that is probably my biggest lesson and I talk to my people here at Velocity Global all the time about being the CEO of your own career because they have to own it. They have to be accountable for their own career and then they can be successful. So that to me is just, it's so important. That is so good. So be the CEO of your career, but then learn to reflect and take a breath as well. Great advice that you share with us here, Sarah. So thank you for doing that. Um, now, before we wrap, do you have anything you'd like to share with our audience? Anything you're excited about? Anything you'd like to plug that's going on with Velocity Global or personally or professionally? Uh, the floor is yours. Thank you so much for this this opportunity, Josh. I truly appreciate it. We are hiring at Velocity Global. We are particularly hiring in our tech and, and product teams. So we're looking for developers, engineers around the world. And I want to say that because 
we can hire anywhere. And this gets me so excited because there are tons of people around the world that have never had the opportunity to work for a cool company or for an American company or for a tech company. Well, Velocity Global gives you that opportunity. You can be in Nigeria and work fast. You can be in Lagos and work fast. You can be anywhere in the world. If you have the right skills, you can come and talk to us. So we are hiring, particularly for tech and product. We'd love to talk to you. Go on our website. We have a couple of stories from people who work anywhere to inspire you. Look at the, the, the benefits and be inspired. That's great. And for our listeners who do want to learn more, do you have a website we can send them to? Yes, velocityglobal.com. We have a LinkedIn site as well. My name is Sarah Fern, F-E-R-N. Find me on LinkedIn. I'd be very happy to connect with anyone around the world. Happy to have conversations, answer any questions the listeners may have. Yeah, would be super happy to connect. That's very good. It's plenty of touch points for any listeners who are interested. So certainly reach out. All right, Sarah. So one last question before we wrap. When you wake up in the morning and your feet hit the floor, what is the one thing that gets you motivated to start your day? Wow, this is the perfect question. And, you know, I will relate this back to my work at Velocity Global. It is anyone, anywhere, anyhow. And that is truly spectacular. Think about that. Anyone in the world, anywhere in the world, anyhow. It's opportunities for all. And not many companies or chief people officers can say that. That is why I'm here. That is what gets me out of bed and so excited every single day. That's great. Well, look, Sarah Fern, Chief People Officer for Velocity Global. Thank you so much for joining the HR Works podcast and sharing just such great insight on a number of things that, that could really impact and help the HR leaders in their day to day, but but especially with speed scaling and really standing out as an organization. You gave us such great advice here. So again, thank you for joining the HR Works podcast. I'd love to keep the conversation going. So we'll definitely have to have you back soon to, to keep talking about just all these topics and learn more about what you're working on with Velocity Global. But again, thank you for joining and we'd love to have you back. It's been a pleasure. Thank you, Josh. Thank you for listening to the HR Works podcast. Be sure to check out our new episodes every Tuesday. Follow us on all major streaming platforms including iTunes, Spotify, and Amazon Audible. 